0: What is happening? Welcome to episode 201 of your favorite podcast, the Eye Podcast. Today, I have Phil Viz, one of my good friends, coming on to chat about insulin usage and bodybuilding, this one is unbelievably insightful. We share some amazing content here, so have your notepads ready. Be prepared to listen to it a couple times through. As always, Gordi Podcast brought to you by Revive Summit. It's brought to you by Raw Supplements. Use code Mihaly at checkout to support your boy, Please give us a five-star rating and review. Share this one with your friends. It is awesome and jam-packed. I'll see you inside. All right, Phil. I am super excited to have you. Dude, we've we've teased about doing a podcast together for quite some time now. Um, I think, you know you know what pushed me over the edge? You know what pushed me over the edge? We're, we're going to start the podcast with this. I'm tired of seeing insulin done so terribly. <laughs> Insulin's not used <laughs> appropriately in this field at all. Why? 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 And this isn't just about, like, the 10, you know, carb per IU rule, which is bullshit. Why, why is such a simple concept of insulin, why do you think it is so misunderstood? Do you think it's because people just lack, phys- like, an understanding of physiology?
1: What is it? I think people lack an understanding of physiology, but I think the biggest mistake is it stems from the people that teach it from the beginning, you know? Um, I even made a mistake when I was younger, uh, reading insulin off the boards. I read a primer and I was okay, I was ready to go, I was ready to use it. Yeah. You know, ten I t- t- ten grams of carbs for one IU rule and I yeah. knew the timing and you know, good to go. That's just about it, right? Yep. And looking back, if I didn't have fast metabolism, I probably would have made myself fat as shit. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just I was Which completely using it incorrectly. Do. Well, a lot of people think that it's just so simple to use. And like I said, the problem stems from the people teaching it, because the people teaching it, just look at it from a basic stance. They don't look at it like a medication. They don't understand. They've never read the medical literature. They have no idea how it's applied to an actual diabetic or a person that needs this to stay alive and live and, you know, be healthy and regulate their blood glucose levels. Um, They have no idea the physiological interactions and processes that it sets off in the body and. Uh, they have no idea of the contraindications. They have no idea of anything other than the bare bones basics at the surface. The how many grams of carbs per IU, which is complete bullshit because that's going to, you know, fluctuate based on your sensitivity and body type of muscle mass and metabolic rate and a number of other factors. So, you know, that's pretty much bullshit. You know, um, I've seen people get away with five. I've seen people get away with five grams of carbs per IU. I've seen people need 20 grams of carbs per IU. So, so, you r- know, r-
0: r- real quick while we're on this. Um, yes, the, the the most important macronutrient for um, toggling your insulin usage appropriately is going to be carbohydrate, but we have such an obsession on on X amount of carbohydrate, X amount of carbohydrate, and maybe you're having 150 grams of carbohydrates in a meal. This would warrant some insulin usage, right? But what if with this meal you're having 30 grams of fat too? You want to use a fast-acting insulin, and we're just going by these, we're just going by these arbitrary values of, hey, take X amount for X, but not taking into account something like a fat. And honestly, the protein, I mean, protein doesn't delay digestion near as much as fat does, but it still delays digestion. What if you're a huge eater? You got 80 protein, you got 150 carbohydrates. You got thirty fat in one meal, and we're just going to go by these baseline values of, of insulin. And if you go by the ten grams per IU, it's fifteen grams of Humalog in a meal that you'd be taking thirty grams of fat. I mean, that gets a little, little dangerous, right?
1: Well, I mean, again, it's, it's going to be situationally dependent. You know, yeah. depending on your metabolic rate, the fat's really not going to play a big. It's not going to play a big part. It's not going to matter much. You know, I've seen. Taught, I'm not going to put names out there because you know it's not it's not right to betray their trust. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you Olympians that I know that I'm friends with that don't even watch their fat intake when they take when they take insulin because their metabolism is so fast and it really doesn't matter. Now the problem with that is is people aren't timing the speed at which things are hitting their bloodstream. Yep. So they don't understand how fast insulin's onset is, how fast its peak is, which are two different things. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody who's dealt with uh, diabetics or you know read the medical Literature you know what do they say They say Novolog and Humalog doesn't kick in for 10 to 15 minutes
0: no, that's not true. That's If not you
1: true. administer insulin To a diabetic their blood glucose Reacts immediately yeah. Now peak concentrations Haven't hit yet so it starts happening Slowly but it has an immediate Effect you're talking 30 60 seconds yeah. it starts to happen Maybe not to a significant degree But it starts to happen so that timing is bullshit. Yeah. Then you've got, then people don't read, again, medical literature. What are diabetics told to do? They're told to uh, rotate injection sites. Why? Scar tissue buildup, inflammation, absorption issues. So bodybuilders don't do that. They don't even think about that. They're oh, I'll just rotate it around my stomach. No. Diabetics are told to use their triceps. They're told mm-hmm. to use the top of their thigh. They're told to move it around. Out of the area, and anybody who's done enough GH and insulin shots knows you start to get sore after a while. You get inflammation. What you get you build knee? up... The-
0: what about your knee? I, I do a lot in my a lot in my knee. You know <laughs> that was actually you know, known to do that. that 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 skin fold when you
1: put your. Is that cool? Well, listen, theoretically, subcutaneous, you could do it anyway. Yeah. But the point is, people don't take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. And when there's enough inflammation and enough scar t- tissue buildup, you're going to delay absorption. Mm-hmm. You know, you may think it's supposed to be hitting you in 15 minutes and miss time it. It's hitting you in 30 to 35 minutes, Yeah. you know? And now you've mistimed everything. And people don't take into consideration the speed at which the food that they just ate is going to digest, you know? And they aren't really even sure how that's going to happen because, you know, people ask, generic questions i hate generic questions because there's no generic answers yeah. um you know i'm not the first person to play with blood glucose but i think i am one of the first to play with blood glucose in order to determine the speed at which nutrients act on the body mm-hmm. and understanding how your body is utilizing the food that you're eating yeah. and and um basically just getting a little bit more precise on the food that we're eating and, and how it's being utilized and you know i've found you know You eat, you know, a large meal, even a cereal. Oh, cereal hits you right away. It's fast. My blood glucose is still elevating an hour after eating the cereal. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's not as fast as you think. There's no generic rules. And, you know, my blood glucose may be elevating an hour after eating the cereal. Yours may not be elevating after 30. You're younger than I am. You don't have as much wear and tear. Your GI is probably healthier. I have Mm -hmm. colitis. I get get inflammation in my GI tract at times. So my, the older you are, the more compromised your GI track is. Okay. So, you know, people aren't even taking into consideration their age and how fast they're digesting and processing these foods in relation to their insulin time. So that's why people ask me, oh, well, how should I run insulin or what protocol? There's no fucking no, protocol. No, there's no, there's no protocol. If I have 70 clients, all 70 of them are running it differently. So I have
0: guys that, um, you know, will will get started um, in our insulin um, – path or journey with insulin, if you will, once I feel like I've got a good reading on them. And well, actually, let me let me kind of dive into that a little bit. Um, If you are going to uh, just I I guess I'll call this a little primer. I'll call this my personal primer. If you're going to um, start using insulin in in an athlete, or you the athlete yourself, are going to start using insulin. um, You need to have a very good understanding of what is going on, uh, with food, with the train, really with the entire protocol as a whole, um, rather than like, just like, it, it's more than facet blood glucose. It's more than like what your biofeedback is, the one check-in um, per week. You know, there, there, there's some people that you can kind of take off the streets and they the, the, the people who are skinny, very naturally skinny, just unbelievable metabolism. Um, they're pretty fresh to things. You can probably take them off the street and figure out pretty goddamn easily what they need, but that's very, 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 very few people. So they once you do your homework and get your homework done on the athlete on um, what they need, that's kind of when we venture into this insulin realm. So, Phil, I'll have guys come to me. I instruct their insulin protocol. Um, you know, with, with within their meal plan and within their meal plan I might have um three or four IUs with a meal, okay? And within that meal I'm gonna have ten grams of coconut oil, maybe ten grams of MCT oil, and they're like, Oh shit. Like I've, I thought you weren't supposed to take insulin with fat. Like the, isn't that gonna you know isn't that gonna push uh the the, the fat content directly into my fat stores. Um what do you say to people who, who come to you like that? Cause my explanation is very simple. And especially with, I do use a lot of MCT oil, which isn't going to be stored as, you know, a fatty
1: acid anyways. I was, um, I, was I was, that was, that was the yeah. first thing I was going to comment on. I noticed yeah. that with coconut oil and the MCT oil.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I actually, I like them. I like them. I like the, I like the little combo there for a taste, to be honest. Um, I think a lot of my well, people like it as well.
1: Well, I like the use of MCT oil or like uh, a coconut oil in certain situations because um, it's going to act as as an energy medium, I guess you could call it. You know, your body is going to utilize that as energy, you know, for Mm -hmm. your bodily processes and processing the meal. And you're going to basically free up or what you would say, spare the other nutrients that you need, like protein or carbohydrates to do what they're going to do rather than burning up a portion of them Mm -hmm. while eating the meal for energy needs. Process the me, mm-hmm. you know. So you would basically call it protein and carbohydrate sparing yep. in that situation. But yes, yeah, it's also going to slow the transit down. Now, um, the first thing, honestly, that I look for, or I just I use to decide whether or not I'm going to use insulin with a client is their competence. Mm-hmm. Do I trust them? Um, you know, I had somebody uh, two years ago, um, probably the first incident I've ever had as a coach. Somebody had an incident with low blood sugar, and it was because he was on cardio. And I had him dose two IU pre-cardio. And I have a big box above cardio that explains, you know, if you feel any of these symptoms or something, you know, get off and whatnot. And I guess I tried to tough it out and just to the point where he like blacked out. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like my, my, my biggest thing, you've probably seen me write this a hundred times. And I say this to every single client is don't be a meathead.
0: Yep. Don't be a meathead. You it's know, as as as, that's, that's, that's probably as... my
1: most. That's probably my most known quote is don't be a meathead. What that basically means is don't try to power through something that doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, like it just being a people like we just, we have these things that we do, you know, every single injury that I've ever gotten, you know, every tweak that I've had. And if you talk to every single person that, you know, I wrote this on a, on a post, I think, um, last week and I even had, um, a surgeon reply to it and he agreed and he said, 90% of the biceps that I reattach, they told me they felt something
0: and kept going with the set. I saw you just share that, and I actually shared it with one of my athletes who's always trying to fucking tough out. And it's like, bodybuilding, this ain't football. You're not getting paid like football. There's not a championship on the line like playoff football. Don't tough it out. Sit down. Like Go home. No, but
1: Justin, tell me. Every single strain you've ever had, you've felt something before it happened. Every time. Every time and you ignored it, yep. and you're like, you know what? It's not going to go. It's just, it's just a little pinch. Yep. A, no, a pinch is bad. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then it turns into something, and then it's, you know, a two-year-long knee injury, like what I had.
1: <laughs> that rep, that rep is not worth it. No. You're not going to get that much extra out of the rep, but you could set yourself way the fuck back. Exactly. With that rep.
0: Exactly. It's not worth it. Yep. You know.
1: So people try to do stupid things, and and th- again, this goes back to you know, ignorant kids and young bodybuilders who want to see results and they yeah. read something online and they get a protocol, they fall pro run and they try to copy it and they have no idea the context and their body types are not the same. Their metabolism. We're not the same. Their yeah. muscle mass is not the same. Nothing is the same. Yeah. And, and they think that for some reason that's going to work, for them. Mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. And it's, pretty ignorant yeah um but but so uh, the primer that i sent you part two of that real
0: quick real quick part two of that part one's the setup part two was how how do you use fats with an insulin because i use it for the way of exactly what you just said of 60 minutes after having cereal my blood glucose is still changing right so like i try to use fats to in respect to that variable right there that yeah sure you can say humalog 10 15 minutes whatever even if it's slow it's still going to be within 30 minutes and if it's extra slow it's still be within 40 minutes what about the hour after when your blood glucose is that's what i use fats for how do you use fats in your insulin
1: protocol well, here's the here's the here's the difference. And I know this is going to go into a debate with us, but are you in this, considering this situation? Are you using Lantus as a baseline?
0: <laughs> no, we're not ready for that conversation yet. But no, okay. no. So, so, so I'm I, I'm not using this as only logs.
1: Okay, so we have to we have to we have to base we have to consider which type of insulin we're talking about to the end, because it's going to be different for all different insulins. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if we're talking fast-acting Humalog, Novolog things like that, uh, CS, you know, which would be the fastest. Um, then what I want with insulin is I want it in, do its job, and get the fuck out as fast as possible. Yep. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to time everything so I know the speed at which the meal is going to digest. Um, I already know, based on working with the client, that the meal that I'm applying it to digests well, or I would have swapped it out previous mm-hmm. to putting insulin in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm never going to put insulin in with a meal that they're struggling to digest. Mm-hmm. I make sure that meal functions perfectly before even implementing the insulin, mm-hmm. you know, because you're not trying to tweak 10 different variables at once and figure out what's going on. Yeah. You know, some people don't handle dairy very well. I like to do pre-workout insulin with my guys. Um, and I typically will use a light digesting meal. So I use Greek yogurt and cream of rice. Mm-hmm. However, some people get bloating and digestive distress from, from, from Greek yogurt. Yep. So if I were to just throw in Greek yogurt and not consider their digestive situation and then put insulin in, well, I'm in a fucked up situation. Absolutely. And now I'm trying to scramble and figure out which what's responsible for what happened. And digestive so, issues
0: causing inflammation on top of aldosterone rising from insulin usage can really make for a shit show of physique.
1: <laughs> well, I wouldn't really worry about aldosterone in this situation. Um, you know, that's not really going to affect uh, the, the, the short term, scenario that we're discussing right now but Mm -hmm. yes aldosterone elevation is a byproduct of influence spikes in the body and Mm -hmm. people never realize that Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so that's a completely different topic that goes into peaking but (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, i typically don't like i typically don't like to use fat not because i'm afraid of the fat being stored as fat Mm -hmm. but simply because i don't want to add another variable that's going to um adjust the way the meal is going to digest and the speed at which the meal is going to digest. I yeah. want as accurate digestion timing as possible, which is why when I use insulin, I use the quickest and easiest digesting protein sources and the quickest and easiest digesting carbohydrate source. Mm-hmm. That way I can have a more accurate read. If I told you to eat 10 ounces of steak and two cups of rice, how the fuck do you know when that's hitting your system? Yeah. You have no clue. Yep. You know it's going to be spread out over a long period of time, but the problem with using Novolog and Humalog is you've got a sharp, sharp, sharp peak, right? Yeah. And the So you're going to completely. You're going So you're spreading out. You're <laughs> spreading out the nutrients, but you're getting a spike right in the middle. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's it's not. It, you're not mirroring the spike to where the food's hit. You see what I'm so, saying?
0: Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. So. With all due respect to the spikes and with all due respect to the food choices you're utilizing, we both agree that insulin for the right purpose is very beneficial, right? Well, so, well I
1: mean, you can't really, you can't really refute that, you know, yeah. we have enough science. I mean, listen, our science is very new and we're, we we know nowhere near enough in the scope of how much there is to know, you know, we, we like to think that we're smart and we like to think that we know a lot, <laughs> yeah. but we keep finding out every 10 years we were wrong about shit. Well, shit. You know? now I am now sure that like we've done year. podcasts. I'm sure, dude, I'm sure. I, uh, I did a podcast recently, um, with, uh, Ken Skip Hill, uh, yeah. and, uh, Andrew Barry, my buddy, yep. and, uh, Scott McNally. And I went back and looked at my posts, from when I was twenty years old, an intense muscle. And we just had a fucking field day. Like we we, we reposted the questions and, yeah. and answered them now. Yeah. And we looked at my answers back then. We're like, holy fuck, yeah, I didn't know shit. Yeah. Man. But I was so sure. Uh huh. And well granted, I was a dumb, ignorant twenty year old. Yeah. But even when I was thirty, I was I thought I was pretty educated. I am sure we can go back and find errors. Yeah. And I am sure in ten years we can go find go back and find errors that, you know, we have both made today. Yeah. You know, I feel like year over year, it's like the
0: evolution of of bodybuilding coaches who like truly want to be good at this and truly want to service their athletes. I feel like year over year, there's things that. Every year is kind of changing from the beginning to the end. It's like, you know what, I, I liked this a lot back then, and I thought it was working, but now here's a more optimal path and a more real way. You know, I, I actually, I talked about this recently, Phil. I talked about this on a QA and a recently. Maybe it wasn't very recent, but I remember distinctly the answer because so many people responded to it. You know, bodybuilding and football... In football after or your your wrestling background, right? So after a yes, season sir. as a wrestling coach, you probably go back and you you know look at the guys you look at the guys who did well, you look at the guys who didn't do as well as you as you thought, and you kind of sit there and what could I have done better? How could I have led them better? What message could I have given them better? What could I have done yeah. better in their strength in the way Dude, bodybuilding does not have that amongst the coaches. There's a lot of cognitive extreme I, bias. It, it,
1: now, now I feel like you were spying on my DMs today. <laughs> I literally, I literally had this conversation maybe four, or five hours ago. Yeah, with my pro uh, Henry Jackson. Yeah, who's gonna be making gonna his, his be pro good. debut this
0: year? That guy's gonna be nasty. Oh, dude, huh?
1: he's gonna he's well, he's, gonna, he's gonna people don't realize he just doesn't take good pictures. Yeah, when you see him in person, you're like, bro, you got to be. I funny. saw him in person.
0: I messaged you when I saw him in person. I was like, is that your guy? He is. Dumb big. Like dumb big. Yeah, that guy is fuck. He's nuts, man. You're doing a very good job. Dude, he's just, doing just a remarkable funny, job. Just,
1: just some funny stories. He was lifting in Gold Venice a couple of years back. Yeah. And like Jay Cutler of all people just sees him lifting in his own zone and walks over and is like, please tell me you compete. <laughs> wow, Jay Cutler has never once said no, that to me down, when uh, I've been around him. <laughs> I can I can one up this. One time. Arnold's in there shooting a commercial no
0: fucking way
1: and Henry's like I didn't want to bother him it's Arnold you know like he's got security around him and everything yeah. he's like Arnold called me over
0: no so like,
1: shit kidding? what the
0: fuck I can also confirm like, every time like, I've been around Arnold he's me. never talked to me
1: <laughs> Arnold, Arnold's not impressed by anybody no he's not it, it but was, no. back on topic that's what we were discussing today yeah. I said that I feel like a lot of coaches, the majority in this industry are just in this to make money. So it's just a to B it's just black and white. They get, they, they do what they've been doing mm-hmm. to get results and they get pretty good results. Some of them and that's that, but their process never improves. Yeah. And the reason is because they're never continually observing and analyzing and troubleshooting and saying, can I make this better? Can yeah. I learn? And that I think that's one of the things that I'm known for the most is basically X, Experiment, but I, I, I can say one of the biggest
0: influences you've had on me is thinking way outside the box, like not just a little bit because the box is pretty big in bodybuilding. Um, but, well, but no thinking rule. way outside, there's I that that's one of the biggest influences you had on me is there's no rules with this shit. Is it helping this person? And, and another thing you've had with me too is dude, not something can work for this person. It's not working for anybody else. And You don't need to fucking have an answer why it's just working. So it's okay for it to just work.
1: Well, here that goes back to what we just discussed with the fact that our science is very young. Right. And the running joke, you've probably seen me post this in my stories a hundred times because, um, a lot of people are familiar with, uh, two, two, two actually pro level coaches now that were my apprentice coaches back in the day, you know, mm-hmm. they're my clients. And then I, I, I picked up on their intelligence. I said, did you guys like to become coaches? And, yeah. You know, none of, neither of them had won shows or done well. And they're like, well, we're no I'm like, I, 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 identify your intelligence.
0: Yeah.
1: I can teach you and I will coast on you. And that's all that matters. Yeah. And you know, lo and behold, seven, eight years later, Nelson Jones has a handful of Olympians and yeah. a ton of pro cards. And you see Kyle Wilkes training, um, Nick Walker yeah. and Chris Bumstead and yeah. Ian so, you know, I, I think I made a pretty good judgment call on yeah, that. Yeah, I would say but so. <laughs> the running joke the running joke with them that we all have the three of us is that I was I keep I'm a little bit ahead of the science. Yeah. And I'm not saying like I'm smarter than science, it's the fact that we figure things out but there hasn't been research done on it to prove it yet. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's not true. That's why like you said, you don't always have to know exactly why something's working as long as you can isolate it enough to know that this is exactly. continually working. You know, we may not understand the scientific reason, but we could see that it's working. As long as you're isolating the variables properly and you understand exactly what it is that's mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. and we know that it's working, mm-hmm. you know, we, we we could figure that out later. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people are missing the forest for the trees now. You've got a lot of people online mm-hmm. that are regurgitating and reading like huge articles and you can tell, I've joked with you about this before, you mm-hmm. can tell they just fucking Read the papers ten minutes ago, and then Holy they watched the whole video. Bro, and me you have talked about that, and they rush to, to make their fucking video or post before it gets out of their head. Like you could tell they just freshly read it. Yes, and yes. I always said, yo, the internet is not full of intelligent coaches; it's no. full of c googlers. Yeah, yeah,
0: dude. We we talk about that a ton. You know what's funny is like some of these people, like um, like they, you know, they'll 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 have their uh, well. I'm gonna I'm gonna omit that comment because I don't want to like call, I really don't want to like narrow this down for people to realize who, but like some people will listen. The average person will listen to them and be like, yeah, I think this is really good information. And every time I'm watching, it, I'm like, you literally like spliced this video together. Off of multiple takes, after reading something like on your computer, you definitely have something pulled up that you're pulling this shit from right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like what the fuck is this? <laughs> and you know what? They may, they may, they may be able to memorize the lesson and be able yep. to regurgitate and recite the points to you. Yep. But you know, I always, I've, I've used this example many times. You know, when I used to be a fitness manager in New York City, I would have uh, trainers come in for interviews, yep. and one of the big words, one of the initial words. in in the NASM textbook is proprioception, for example, and they would throw this big definition at me. I'd say, okay, stand up and show me proprioception. Yeah. uh, uh, Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's not, it's not, can you memorize the information or understand it? It's can you effectively apply it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And when push comes to shove at some point, like, especially in bodybuilding preparation, like, as at some point you throw the book knowledge out you've got to make a call at the last minute that can you know dictate I mean you and I have clients at the pro level and at the national level the best guy usually wins he can even be off a little bit at the at the pro level you can literally not be off I I mean you, you if, if you're off even the slightest amount the door's open for someone else and so at some point the knowledge education the YouTube videos you watch the research articles the books you've read they just don't matter anymore it's like your eye has to guide what this next call is and yeah I think... that's
1: why people people don't understand how important experience is in this. Very important. and again uh back to the back to the other point you know before we move on from this yeah. um is the fact that coaches are not observing and analyzing and improving their process and learning mm-hmm. now again what i'm going to give an example you can go back and look on Geared Up, you can look on the MD forums, you can look on Professional Muscle, and you could see me get absolutely torn apart, Mm -hmm. torn apart, for my long rest periods when I worked out. Wow, and now that's what everyone does. I mean, that's what I believe in. Dude, ripped to shreds and told I was a moron. Now, the research comes out, and all of the studies have been done, and I'm still waiting for an apology from how many people? Have, yeah, the you know? short. But the like, sh- well, I also remember you
0: getting torn apart for ketamine or something like that.
1: Yeah, and guess, yeah, and guess what? Yeah. now it's FDA approved
0: for yeah. anti-anxiety. Yeah. What was what was the. What was the reasoning people thought short rest periods were so much better? I, I can't remember all the little because it was
1: it that. was traditional bodybuilding training style. You got to be tough. You got to train uh, fast. You got to train. It was meathead shit, uh, you know. Yeah. And I recognize that you can't put the most into your set when you are oxygen deprived. No, no you know, you are gonna listen. If you run out of any of your energy resources, that's gonna end the set. Whether right. it be whether it be glucose or glycogen or oxygen. You don't want to run out of oxygen first. ATP, yeah. Yeah. You know. Whatever. So, if you can't catch your breath, the sex's not going to be very good. And, you know, everybody was pushing fast training, fast training, fast training for, you know, probably 50 years.
0: Oh, I was doing it and too. I, ended I was. Up doing it. Right about
1: that cuz so that goes back that goes back to the inside joke with with Kyle and Nelson, you know, we always say like I was ahead of the science because I yeah. it's just cuz I paid attention, you know, and right. I observed and, and I didn't and like you said, outside the box, I didn't just accept what I was told. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I Don't like just that. accept what you're told because who knows if that's right. Yeah. You know, go by what you see and, and learn and, and, and go and by tweak it and improve. If
0: you're a coach, which a ton of coaches are going to tune into a podcast of, of us doing which I appreciate them doing. Um, and I, I hope to give them good info on this. If you're a coach, go by your eye. Like what is your eye? Your eye is never gonna lie to you. Your eye is never gonna lie to you. So so when I when I open someone's check in I go wherever their pictures are. That's where I start. Like my, my eyes going to tell me a whole story. And then, you know, you scroll up and it's like, Oh shit. Like they're up three pounds. Why they, man, they sure do look fucking tighter. Uh, you know, you know, it's like, like some of those situations, they happen so commonly like coaches. If you're listening to this, just go by your eye. But to get back on the, the conversation of insulin. So we have different views on Lantus. You're very anti-Lantus. And, I'm very
1: anti-Lantus.
0: And I I, I want to explain my reasoning for, I'm not pro-Lantus. I'm okay with Lantus usage if need be. Um, I also say that, and none of my big guys right now are using Lantus.
1: <laughs> so I'm not well, sure how think, on board with it I am. Let me let me clarify. I yeah. don't think that Lantus doesn't work. I think there's more effective and safer alternatives. Okay.
0: Yeah. So th- so so I, I I will not agree or disagree just yet. So let's chat about it. So Lantus. Sure. Um. You made a comment that you know, yeah, that's the steak, eight ounces of steak, two cups, oh, whatever the fuck you said. Um, uh, so we're probably not going to use humalog with that. It's pro. It, it doesn't make a lot of fucking sense. So we have no idea. No, because what it doesn't is, match.
1: It doesn't match the feed.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, it, it doesn't match the meal profile. Right? It doesn't match the nutrient profile of what we want to get out of it. So um, the reason, one of the reasons we utilize insulin in bodybuilders is because the food intake is very high. So bodybuilders can become um, insulin desensitized. And you guys have heard this, insulin resistance, whichever term you've heard. This can happen very easily. But another, ter- another side of that, even if you're not at risk of becoming that, your pancreas constantly cranking this insulin and having this massive uh, stressor upon it has a multitude of other stressors in the body that can be impacted by the pancreas so if we take the load off the pancreas we allow it to operate um, I'm using air quotes here but like in a fresher manner for lack of better terms and this allows us to you know transport the nutrients better and faster have greater igf response um, and you know a host of other positives that come with you can also very well control a1c um, using short-term uh, short fast-acting insulin but but why can't we throw in 20 IUs of Lantus and take the burden? So Lantus, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, Lantus is a long-acting um, insulin. It's like you, you dose once in the morning. It's kind of going to get you through the whole day, right? So there's been stories and tall tales of, well, this guy took this much Lantus and this guy. One of them's Phil Heath took 300 IUs of Lantus, and I have no clue if it's true. I don't know if it's real. I've heard but, that too. But it doesn't matter. What Phil Heath did doesn't apply to you because he was going to kick everyone's fucking ass. Well. With or without it so yeah he was gonna win no matter what no matter what so so utilizing him or people like him or what dallas mccarver was doing or things like that those guys were going to win olympias period no matter what you did about it so my thought on lantis if what if we can just take the burden off 20 IUs a day that's 20 less that the pancreas has to make it's an
1: it's an Well, elephant. you could do that microdosing humalog and novalog you can't but you can't do it with every meal so sure you we, can
0: not steak a rice meal.
1: Sure you can. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I, this, I, w- I wish, I wish, I wish this was video because I see a smile on your face. I know. I but, wish, uh, I
0: think people can hear the smile because I I love when we get in talks like this. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> you know, you know what I love about you? Anytime that any, I mean, anytime I'm not gonna say I've corrected you, but anytime I've bought you something. Yeah. You get like super fucking excited. I like, you get, you know, you know what they say? If somebody, if somebody corrects you or teaches you something and you're offended or you feel some type of way, you got an ego problem. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I
0: love when somebody corrects. You. I have you a problem of wanting to be the best coach in the
1: world. That's my problem. <laughs> and you know what? Some, there's always going to be somebody to correct us. I've yeah. been corrected by nobody. I've yeah. been corrected by people that accidentally corrected. Me. Yeah, Exactly. But yeah. you know what I said, I like, holy shit, this motherfucker's it's got
0: a point. Right. Yeah, he's got a fucking point. But also, but with you and I, we both come from such a, everything's based in physiology. Like, I don't, yeah. first and foremost, every change I make to a protocol, everything you do, it is all based on my schooling in physiology. You have a vast background in physiology. We are nerds for physiology. And when you understand physiology, pharmacology is pretty fucking easy. Um, nutrition is pretty fucking easy. Understanding anatomy is pretty fucking easy. Physiology is a beast. So when you explain something to me, we talk that same language, and that's why it's going to be beneficial. Oh, you, well, yes,
1: yeah, that, that that does help too because you don't. It doesn't need to be dumbed down and you could go exactly. deeper and you could branch out farther when people wonder, when people both understand, yeah. but for the and sake of the podcast, the, the let's dumb important?
0: down the Lantus a little bit, just a little bit.
1: <laughs> I was well, one of the most important things about being an educator is making sure the audience can receive the lesson because exactly. if you talk over their heads, then it's fucking useless. And Richard Feynman even said, if you can't explain something simply, that means you don't understand it. From I agree hundred percent. If a five-year-old can't so pick it to up, the, back then to I'm the not point, well. back to the point with the Lantus, um, now, with Lantus in your system all day, that means that your cells are basically exposed to insulin all day, which mm-hmm. will be what?
0: Cause inflammation to dr- be driven. And also cause, make cause the cell, of, and re- insulin resistance inside the cell is gonna happen. It'll cause too. some
1: insulin resistance, it'll cause some inflammation, it'll elevate aldosterone, it'll cause more water retention, it'll elevate blood pressure. Yeah. It'll. Co- yeah, the the elevated insulin. Elevated insulin levels cause superphysiological levels of intracellular But, but low, um, dose, low
0: dose Lantus isn't going to have that big of an effect on blood pressure.
1: It's it's still superphysiological because it's an it, it's elevated throughout the day. Yeah, correct. Yep. So you're getting. I mean, not to a significant extent, let me just say, but you are getting desensitized. You are getting an aldosterone elevation. If you're prone to blood pressure, your blood pressure is going to go up. You're going to increase inflammation. You're going to cause that all day long. Okay, so so, like I said,
0: I would. With desensitization. Why can't we utilize metformin or high-intensity interval training or both to help? Well, you can, but,
1: but again, we're trying to isolate a variable here. Yeah, we're okay, trying all right, to isolate fair. a situation. I'm moving the go Here, We're just... Anything can be fixed with another drug. You're right. You're right. You know? That that was moving. The a lot of coaches, <laughs> a lot of coaches suck with nutrition and small metabolism. So What do you do? You, you introduce synthetic metabolism, extra T3. And there you go. <laughs> back, new, new, instead of cleaning up the shit, you put a newspaper. told well, me.
0: Didn't you know if you just crank the T3 and give someone three cheeseburgers today, everyone signs
1: up with you. <laughs> I, I, I hate, I hate, you know, I really hate being honest to the point where people can hurt themselves. Yeah. But, you know, I've said it to you before, and let's be honest, you can drug yourself into a into a win, a, pro, a, a show. You can uh, drug yourself yeah. into a win. Yeah, you can. You, you know? can. And it's going to be terrible. You could, you could be the laziest motherfucker and do no fucking yeah. cardio and just take fucking 100 mics 50 T3, you're going to get yeah. healed.
0: Yeah. No, you're 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 very right. So your points on so are all your, your 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 points on Atlantis are all very fair and and I respect them all. I I how I, and again, I'm saying this from place of I don't have a single one of my guys using it right now. Um, I believe that if you're going to use Lantis in a short term manner, so so Phil, I don't use orals, I don't use orals in off season. I don't know how you feel about orals in all season. I don't use orals in off season. I am trying to elicit this response of if we what do we use orals for? Are we use orals to bring a strength plateau or to go up like 10 pounds. Yes, I do. I use
1: that was a, that was another thing that I pretty much introduced to the industry that a lot of people weren't doing that pretty much everybody does now. Is I off season if I give an oral, it's all pre workout. I don't stage it for the day. I don't want even blood levels. I don't give a fuck about its anabolic effect. No, I care I like about the performance and the nervous system response you get from it. Yeah, so you just dose it right before the workout, D- depending make, on gonna, which oral it's gonna, it's it is. It's a performance enhancer, one hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I know you don't do girls, but me and Jason had a good IG live uh, Q&A on how we we run Anivar. Uh, We run Anivar differently in females. Um, I run it, you know, a little more to keep the blood level stable and he runs it more as like the quick hitter in and out. And I was explaining like, not one of these ways is right. We both turn people pro on Anivar using our ways. It doesn't make one right, one wrong. There's just so many different ways to skin the cat, right? Or climbing No, there's,
1: there's, there's, there's so many different methods that do work. And I, again, I think I made a post about this maybe two or three weeks ago. And I said, you know what there, you've got to find the best coach for you. And that doesn't necessarily mean who's the smartest coach in the industry. You know, you might pick the smartest coach in the industry and that might not work out for you at all. And you might pick somebody who doesn't know half as much, but they're very attentive or they're empathetic towards you or they're supportive. Or maybe that coach is a cheerleader or maybe they just, Diet people in a different way that works for you, yeah. or you know, there's just so many different ways. And I even went, I even went as far as to say, I'm not the best coach for everybody. You know, I'm not going to get the best results out of everyone. Yeah, you know, just simply because my style, my personality, my beliefs, the way I operate, might not fit you. I agree with
0: that 100% too. I try to say that as much as I can as well. I'm probably not going to fit most people. Um, you know, the the people that I fit and work with, I'm very blessed and fortunate to have them. But if you want validation, I give you breadcrumbs until the piece of bread is or until the loaf is earned. Um, (laughs) but, but so, so with Lantis, I like using that or I would like using that in a phase of, all right, like we're, the progress is slowing a little bit. The performance is slowing a little bit. I don't want to push food up. How can we operate? with? How can we make this food efficiency? Is that a term? Can we make that a term? Nutrient efficiency, food efficiency? I, I, I like
1: where you're going with this because I've said this on other podcasts as well. So why can't we use lanterns for it? Why can't we use lanterns people- for that? Well, short again, like I said, the other effects that we discussed as far as the desensitivity yeah. and we haven't even discussed the liability first of all yeah, because yeah. first of all do you trust the person to follow their nutrition 100% do you know what their output their energy output is are they If uh, you're paying, paying me coaches, $500 a what? month
0: you better be following your fucking nutrition to a team. <laughs> I mean-
1: And and you know what and you know what and you know what my buddy Andrew Wu is one of the best yep. coaches in the entire world was one of the ones that opened my eyes he said like I I was like I couldn't in my mind veering off the plan wasn't an issue and he said bro 80% of your clients fuck up they
0: are he's like they don't tell you
1: he's like and they will never tell you he's I was like he's like in prep almost all of your clients cheat he's like he's like you gotta make room for that in the plan you gotta accommodate the fact that they're probably gonna cheat they'll undershoot their calories just a little bit or overshoot their cardio just a little bit Mm -hmm. because they're gonna cheat
0: Mm -hmm.
1: he's like unless you have like a perfect fucking you know Olympia type competitor. Yeah. They're going to fucking cheat. You know, so to, no, v, none of your clients, like Voo I was told me to the fact expect that My it. clients were not perfect.
0: Yeah. Vu told me in Pittsburgh. Um, fuck. I forget the exact verbiage. He said it was along the same lines, Phil, but Vu told me he was like, it was so long. It was long lines of, if you think they're, they're cheating, they're cheating. Like, like, I, yeah. And, and you know what, when he said it, that was so simple. And I was like, Holy fuck, man, you're right. Like in in these athletes who I know don't cheat, I've never once sat there and been like, hmm, are they following their diet? And in these athletes who the the, the result is a little bit different than the aforementioned athletes, I sit there and I think, I wonder how much they're missing. And you like like I overshoot with protein for that. Or I overshoot I like I'll overshoot the exact same way. Um, you know, what 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 you're discussing. Um and like it sucks, but but my God, Phil, can I just say, dude, stick to the, just stick to the fucking point. If you're listening to this and you have a plan, literally, can you just follow the plan? <laughs>
1: don't, don't cheat. It's, Make it a non-negotiable. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's easier said than done because you got to remember, you know, people have to deal with life stress. They have to deal with situations. They have, deal with kids, they have to deal with regular jobs, you know. So sometimes, even though you don't agree with it, everybody's got their – the, a breaking point is not above any human on earth. No, you're right. You know, like, if, if, I, if I asked you if you would let a dude fuck you in the ass, you would say no. <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> I said if, somebody, if I said, if somebody threw a billion dollar cash on the table, would you? You'd bend over real quick.
0: A B, wait, be with a billion? Yeah. For how long?
1: You would do it. For how long? <laughs> no, hang on. For how my point, my, Listen, my point is, everybody's got, everybody's got their breaking right. point in situations. Yeah, you're right. You know? You're right. And, you know, sometimes we're not exposed to those breaking points, you know? Somebody's parent might be dying. Someone, you know, like who, yeah. how the fuck do you know what stress they're dealing? With? No, absolutely. You know, like yeah. people crack because life is hard. Yeah, you know, yeah. people and, do and, crack. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean oh, you're a fucking bitch. You cheated. No, how the hell do you know that person didn't just fucking lose their job, fresh yeah. their car, their dad just died? Like, but
0: but but, but, you, don't, but you don't know what they're going for. To. A general rule of thumb, you know, out of the year, most of your weeks are going to be pretty standard weeks, weeks that everyone kind of deals with. We should not yeah. be cheating in those weeks. Now, if something pops up no, in your life and your mom's in the hospital, like, dying, yeah, I'm probably not – I don't care. I, I'm telling you not to follow the diet. I'm telling you to go out to dinner with your family. Yeah, of course. But, man, if if, if you're cheating when life is, like, easy and, like, fine, that you're just bored. Yeah, no, then
1: it's just not for you. Exactly.
0: But um, – yeah. So. 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 That being said, um, I. I. I agree with your stance on Lantis. See, my issue is I haven't been able to try it out just because honestly. Um, I feel like I'm pretty good with the Humalogs and the fast acting. A lot of that is because of you. Um, You have helped me a lot with that. I feel like I'm pretty fucking good with them. That it's like, man, once you nail those, you kind of don't need them. Um, Because like you say, and I agree, you want insulin in and out as fast as possible, right? Like uh, the the fastest we can get. But, you know, I think the most misunderstood component of insulin is when I tell someone we can lose fat. While utilizing insulin, and you briefly mentioned it earlier. Um, yeah, I was.
1: I, w- I was ahead. actually going to get into that a little bit deeper if go you'd ahead. like. I would love um, to chat about it. Yeah, well, well, here's here's the th- here's the thing um, about using insulin to get leaner and in better scenarios. First of all, like I said, we're going to just finish off the Lantis conversation. I want everything in and out. I don't want to have okay. to worry about it. I don't want to have to control it. If I can get everything in and out and be just as accurate, all the better. Yeah. So, what I did was, I started dosing it after meals. So, say you have your steak and your rice meal. Yep. Well, you're going to get a natural spike from that, right? Yep. And then I'm just going to add three, four AUs on top of it 30 minutes later. Yeah. And that's going to basically clean up the rest. So, it's going to mop up whatever's left, and it's going to bring you back into range. Now, one of the things, and I know I pioneered this, so I don't know if people are doing it yet. And some people made fun of me saying I was overthinking. But again, this is mapping out what food does. And I realized that the majority of people that were bulking were running into sensitivity issues and were getting fat and were lacking and slowly. You know how you start your your, your diet real good? You're getting great results and all of a sudden it slows down, slows down, slows down, slows down. That's because sensitivity is starting to come down. And the reason sensitivity is starting to come down is because your meals are compounds after meal one, you might, you might wake up, blood glucose is 81. Okay. Now you eat meal one. Now before meal two, your blood glucose is 86. Now before meal three, your blood glucose is 92. Now before meal four, your blood glucose is 99. Mm-hmm. Now before, and the reason is, is, because there was a little bit left over from the previous meal. Yep. And then you threw another meal on top of it. Mm-hmm. So your blood glucose levels are starting to climb throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And what happens is over time, your sensitivity starts to slip. And I actually proved this because I used it with James Hollingshead mm. back years ago. Mm-hmm. And what happened was we ended up doing Spain six weeks off of his full off season, mm. Full off season and he took third. Wow, really? Behind two behind two Olympians. Does that guy
0: get peeled pretty easy cuz he is pe-
1: I mean he just gets peeled James is just he's just a robot he's perfect
0: you, there's, uh, there's no
1: there's yeah. no more per- there's no there's no more perfect bodybuilder than him him and Nick Walker are like yeah. it. so so you, so you don't he, get more perfect gets, than James and Nick
0: He gets peeled easily just because of his workout it's,
1: I don't think that he gets peeled easily I, I think I don't think it's metabolism I think it's his effort and his yep. and how perfect he is it Makes sense Dude he's fucking perfect if you're telling him to eat o'clock, he's not eating at 5:01 Yeah
0: yeah yeah, Nick Walker his, is the his same food
1: way. food not weighed a gram off.
0: Yeah, yeah. Nick Walker is the exact same
1: way. He's he, his, his intensity is perfect. Yeah. We worked out and I had to take a shit and, I, and he's like, I'm not waiting for you. Like, uh, <laughs> he just yeah. he was not waiting. He was doing what he needed to be done regardless of what anybody else around him needed.
0: Love that. I love that.
1: So, like, you're just not going to get more perfect. But the point was, what we did that off season was I had him checking his blood glucose 45 minutes before the next meal. Yep. And then we were estimating if his blood glucose was 102, he would take three IUs of humor. Yeah. If it was 95, he would take two IUs. And the rule was if you were under 90, we would leave it alone.
0: Yep. Okay. So so, so no
1: insulin under 90. I would usually do no. There was no insulin under 90. So we were checking it about 45 minutes before the next meal. Do you think there's a... And if you were under under 90, you were good. If we were over 90, we were going to microdose the insulin to put you back into range, put you back into the low 80s or high 70s before the next meal. Is and that what just happened? With James
0: was or can you do that with everybody?
1: No, well, I did it with James because James is perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I knew, I knew he was doing exactly what we intended. Mm-hmm. And James has a propensity to get fluffy and water-retentive off-season. Mm-hmm. We've seen it. We know he gets very, very sick. Mm-hmm. He can gain body fat easy. He can get really, really watery. And what happened was. Because he was putting himself into range before every meal, no matter how high the calories went, he stayed glue thin. Yeah, yeah. Damn near peeled. Yeah. And that's why we decided six weeks we could just fucking do a show and he fucking looked amazing. Yeah. But he proved that if we have if we are in range before the next meal at all times, that you're gonna process and digest that meal better. Mm-hmm. Your body is gonna accept it better. And your body is gonna utilize it better. So his body fat stays lower no matter how high we push the food by making sure he was in range before every meal to okay. make sure that meal was gone, used, clear. Okay. Now I'm sure there's an upper limit where we could get fat. Yeah. But again, we're being precise with nutrition as far as body. Weight. So do
0: you, would you say you prefer the, the Humalog Novolog being taken after a meal for a cleanup sake, or do you prefer it? Well, because uh, well, I, I guess there's two different um, conversations to have here because the one is like you can kind of do that with your pre-training meal if your pre-training meal is far out enough and you can use less insulin if you just hit your pre-training meal, then use insulin, then start your intra-workout nutrition. Is that kind of your line of thinking? Is that kind of how you do things? Well, here's the, here's
1: the thing. First of all, most people are going to think what I did with James is just too much, and they're probably right. You know, no one's going to do that throughout their day. James did yeah, it because yeah. his, his his career is bodybuilding.
0: Exactly, but a lot of people are going to listen to this. Their career is bodybuilding, so if those people think it's too much, then they maybe find. Well, a new that's career. why
1: what I'll do is, I will I will estimate if I feel that that meal is not going to digest before the next meal. Okay. And I will underestimate the amount of insulin you needed. Got it. Yeah. So say if I say if I give somebody hundred grams of carbs and seventy grams of protein. And I'm finding, you know, based on their questionnaire and based on their feedback, I talk Mm -hmm. to my clients a lot, Mm -hmm. that that meal is not really digesting. And they're not hungry. If they're not hungry for the next meal, that means the previous meal wasn't digested. So now I'm going to estimate how much insulin I need to put them in range because it's much easier for somebody to eat their meal, you know wash the dishes, throw shit out, whatnot, and mm-hmm. then just pop two IUs of insulin and, you know, go about your day. Mm-hmm. Rather than waiting 45 minutes before the meal, mm-hmm. checking your blood glucose every 10 minutes mm-hmm. and estimating, and you know, they're not going to go through all that hell. Yep. But it's very easy to load up two IUs of insulin, eat your meal, wait 10 minutes, shoot two IUs of insulin, and then move on. Makes sense.
0: You know, makes sense.
1: But that is essentially the same thing that you're doing with the Lantus. The only yeah. difference is It's in and out, rather than being sustained. Yeah, that makes sense. So So you're getting this. You're getting the same thing. It's just more controllable, and you have more options. Say, for example, something happens. You got to run to the hospital. You got to go to your kids. Something happens. You can't pull the lances out.
0: No. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: This goes. This goes to everything else. Like when you go to a club, or you go out to party, or you have drinks. Do you go slam ten shots right away? No. You. You. No, because. You can't take out what you put in, but you can always put more in. Quote.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So let's talk about the effect insulin has on hunger because whenever – so right now I'm not using any insulin. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw my update I shared the other day, the physique update. No, one I was actually going to
1: say you look like you're getting pretty big.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. So I'm, I'm saying no GH, no insulin right now, just writing some tests, hard-ass training. The highest my test has ever been at 1,500. Um, highest my test set, I feel fucking good. Phil, when I say I feel good, I feel fucking good. My blood pressure, 120 over 70 in the morning. It's, like, way better than it's ever been. I feel really good, so... I have an issue with hunger. Um, I've talked to you about this for you and I are skinny people. We're naturally skinny people. We're, we're not supposed to be huge, right?
1: So um, we don't have a big appetite. So
0: the appetite's real small. Whenever I take insulin, I'm going to be it in the current is about two weeks, but really whenever my progress, I'm coaching myself right now and it's really fun. I'm, I'm really having a good time learning a lot. Um, whenever the progression stalls, I'm add some insulin in, um, whenever I inject some Humalog, uh, I notice around five to six to seven I use is kind of my sweet spot. Don't notice a huge effect under the five and over seven. I can tank very fast. Um, When I add this in, my hunger is rapidly increased. And um, I know that part of this has to be because there's a blood sugar demand. Um, When there's a blood sugar demand. Yeah. Is there an effect on leptin and ghrelin that that a short, in and out insulin can really have over the effect of the day because I find myself just much hungrier throughout the day.
1: Well, well technically, insulin actually wants hunger. Yeah. But what happens is that's going to be counteracted when your blood glucose is low because your body's going to be looking for energy. Yeah. So that's another thing with Pete. That's why I said earlier when I was talking to my clients, I asked them if they, if they come apart, say they're coming up on meal three, and they told me that meal three is always hard. Yeah. That means meal two is not digesting. Got it. That means got meal got two it. is not yeah. clear.
0: Okay, so I'm, you see what um, I'm saying? So right now I'm hungry for meal one. Um, my post, my pre-workout's not a meal; it's more liquid. My post, I'm hungry for, and then after my post, the rest of the day, my post is at two. Rest of the day, I'm not hungry. So you would advise okay, so me adding in the insulin for the uh, after the post meal?
1: No, I would advise you to I would advise you to test this and check it and yeah. make sure that that's the reason. Yeah. So what you need to do is when you're eating your post-workout meal, right, Mm -hmm. and then you're not hungry for the next meal, yeah. start checking your blood glucose around the time that you feel you should be eating the meal. Mm -hmm. And if it's still elevated, that means the previous meal has not cleared.
0: I know for a fact it's still elevated because my heart rate is always more elevated on those days than normal.
1: The meal is not cleared. That means you can microdose some insulin and get that through you, and then you'll be hungry. So Mm -hmm. say you want to eat. Now, Makes I always sense. make the second post workout meal closer because I want the first meal to digest quicker and it typically does. Yeah, I need to start doing but that. Some too. people linger, depend on what they eat and how much they eat.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I, I put a lot of my clients on, you know, 150 grams to 175 grams of cereal carbs post workout. Yeah, yeah. That's a big meal to digest.
0: Big, yeah.
1: No you know, protein. Be, people might just, pick just cereal and it's
0: just sugar, but it's, that's a big meal to digest. Just the carbs? You do any
1: protein with it? Yeah, 70, 70 to 75 grams of protein. Of whey? weigh in water and use it as your milk
0: okay yeah yeah i yeah i can do that man like having an actual
1: animal protein on top of that
0: cereal that would be nuts
1: no no you wouldn't be able to do it and it wouldn't be efficient remember if if, if a meal is causing digestive distress then you're impairing your ability to digest it and process it and absorb it and not only that you're impacting your body's fertility for the next meal So you're screwing everything up if a meal is with you you don't try to solve that meal. You move, you remove it. Yeah, absolutely. The first thing I do is I add enzymes. If enzymes don't work, I pull it. Yep. Yep. And if they're having a adverse reaction, like gas and bloating, I just fucking pull it. Yeah. Agreed. You know, Agreed. that meal needs to be digesting efficiently. Yeah. We, you yeah. know, and all my clients see this, you know, like that. Uh, people are getting better with this. but I feel like, I don't know. I, I come off like a jerk off. Everybody's scared to tell me things. Yeah. So like my, my clients will write me like, I don't want to sound like a bitch, but these egg whites are really hard to eat, and they're bothering. Them. I'm like, no, dude,
0: fine, I'll, I'll pull it. I'll yeah. pull it. No yeah. big deal.
1: Like yeah. they're afraid to tell me that they can't do something.
0: Yeah, no, when,
1: when it absolutely
0: needs to be discussed. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. So, like I'm, I think I'm not that trying to not I think do my job. I think,
1: but. <laughs> I think. I think your issue is that you're not digesting that meal. What we have to remember is. First of all, the first question I'm going to ask you is again, this is where we analyze and troubleshoot. Mm-hmm. You know, a great coach is a phenomenal troubleshooter. Mm-hmm. So, how soon after your workout do you eat that post meal? Oh man, ASAP. ASA. Okay, I'm well, sure. here's so the problem.
0: Let me tell you what the meal is. So I, I know exactly what you're going to say. I'm not in a parasympathetic. Yeah, I know you know what I'm going to say. But I think I am in a parasympathetic state by the time. So I take the long way home about 20 minutes. No music. I am sit there. I'm slouched in my seat. I'm reflecting on the workout. And I get home, and it's, um, let's see, 260 grams of an Angus Steak. Um, and it's like 190 grams of a potato and about 50 grams of like peppers and onions Both and stuff, workout. but, but yeah, but this is coming off 78 grams of carbs from Gator intra workout. And then I have 20 ounces of orange juice within the post-workout meal as well. So from the orange juice, there's like, um, what is that? The 20 ounces is like 60 some carbs or something like that. And, but that's what I can stomach along with my two scoops of iso.
1: Are you, uh, are you cool with me revising this on air?
0: Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah. All right. First, first problem is you don't need to rush to your post-workout meal because you've had intra- intranutrients. Yeah. So there is no anabolic window. No. <laughs> everybody's worried about missing that anabolic window when they don't realize if they've had intranutrients, if they've had, if they still have amino acids in their bloodstream and they still have carbohydrates in their bloodstream, you're not missing a window.
0: Well, one more variable for you after my session every day I nap. And so I, I, so I leave the gym hungry. I'm trying to nap ASAP because the sooner I get done with my nap, the quicker I can start getting back to athletes again. So, so I, I, I have the hunger. I have this nap coming up. I nap every day after a session. Like I I can't not. I can't
1: just skip the nap. But you need to you need to you need to adjust your timing. Okay. If you if you if
0: you need that nap, slide your workout window up earlier. Yeah. We just moved up to eleven. That's early. It's it, what's hard. I it wanted to do, I wanted to do ten thirty really bad, but man, like I I could
1: I could do ten thirty. Here's, you know? here's, here's the big thing. Um your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system don't shift as easily as you think it does. Mm-hmm. You know, so just because you've driven home with calm music yeah. and, and calmed down doesn't mean everything's still not firing. How many, times need, a client told, how many times has a client told you that they couldn't eat their post-workout meal sometimes for an hour? Yeah, yeah. Very common. Very after legs,
0: right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Very it's common. Be, it's, because that sh- it's because that shift has not happened yet. Mm-hmm. So if you've had, like me, for example, what I'm following right now that I'm getting great results with, and I tell my clients to do this too half hour, even forty five minutes because you know what? I give them twenty grams of EAA's intra workout. Yeah, yeah. With carbohydrate. Okay. So they're not in a they're not in a depleted, starved state to begin with. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to chase that anabolic window. What I would rather you do is allow the body to shift, calm down, let your body ask for the nutrients, and then you will digest processes absorb it better. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to always consider the state that the body is in when you give it food because if the body is not in the right state to absorb it to accept food it's not going to process it optimally so what you need to do is you need to how long is your nap oh 30 minutes 30 minutes i was going to say if your nap was 15 minutes nap before the meal you
0: you actually just made me realize something and this is why i like talking to you I'm not in a parasympathetic state because the whole way home, I'm, I'm sending voice memos to clients. And then when I'm sitting there eating my meal, I'm Yeah, you're voice not. You're not. You're, you're still amped
1: up. Yeah. I'm, and remember, I'm amped. and remember this there's also still stimulants in your system.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I only use caffeine twice a week. I'm pushing three times a week. I got two chest days, one leg day. Uh, But it's a lot. It's like 300 (laughs) megs.
1: Well, there's your problem. There's your problem right there. You need to let the body settle. Yeah. So I would, you know what I would do is I would go home, take a nice warm shower. Yeah. Yeah. And I would not be eating steak and potatoes, which is probably the heaviest possible meal you could eat next to pasta. I crave it so hard. I
0: crave it so hard. All right. Well, listen,
1: (laughs) you're, you're, you're craving it, but. As, as, as a bodybuilder who wants to really do this right do we do what we want to do or what You're we should right. do? So I can put that I could put
0: that meal first to pull my first meal which is rice and shrimp. Uh, that's my first meal. I could pull that meal to the post and that would digest better inherently right And that there.
1: would digest instantly and then you can enjoy your steak and potato. Yeah,
0: yeah, I would like that.
1: I would like that. So See, that'll work is, much
0: better. This is why I like chatting with you. All right, intramuscular and subcutaneous. There's people. There's this big. I think I feel like the next fad is you're supposed to inject your insulin intramuscular. And I use intramuscular injections with growth hormone uh, for like a very uh, for like bring up lagging body parts things like that to get that localized IGF response. Does it really make a difference with insulin in terms of? I know the transit timing is
1: different. I'm gonna but- give you. I'm gonna give you an answer that I read on the forums a long time ago that was okay. so funny and true. This was professional muscle, probably like two thousand four or five or some shit like that. Yeah. And I remember people were talking about this with G H. Okay. And they were like, okay, well, GH absorbs subcutaneous, it absorbs better intramuscular, but it, it absorbs best intravenous. You know, and everybody's talking about shooting in shooting in no, their don't
0: veins. Fuck and a pro
1: that. replied, he's like, If you really need to take it that far <laughs> to get five percent better absorption <laughs> by injecting your vein, just afford another IU of GH. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: That's, that's kind of where, where, so you're where, not, where I'm at listen.
1: too. And again, remember I grew up with a diabetic. One of my best friends was a diabetic since we were 12. Didn't you date him you know? girl and, who and, was diabetic and I had, too? And I, I didn't say I had to learn this, but I picked it up being around him all the time. Yeah. And because we were athletes and wrestlers. So I learned how insulin goes around performance too. Blood sugar crashes, blood sugar spikes. How much to use? Like I learned all this because I saw him go through the complications as we were kids. Yep. And I learned all this. And you're not going to get a substantial, substantially different response sub Q versus intramuscular. No way. Will you get some type of difference? Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, listen. You also got to consider the dose. If we're talking two ius intramuscular versus sub Q, you ain't going to be shit. Yeah. Now, if we're talking fifteen ius. You know, if, if you're looking at if you're looking at a 10% better response, right? Yeah. Well, at two, I use what's 10% it's shit. Yeah.
0: Yep. Now
1: 10% of 15, I use is a little bit more. It's a lot, you know? So okay. based on your dose, yeah. If you're doing anything over 10, you could go intramuscular. If you want to be really, really efficient. Yeah. Anything under 10 intramuscular, you're just wasting scar tissue. Just yeah. do a sub Q.
0: I agree with that. I agree with that heavily. Um, hey, what, what one thing? The last thing I want to finish up here with. We didn't. We we, we kind of because me and you, the way we communicate, and the way we talk, is just always fun. Yeah. Um, the insulin for fat burning. We didn't go super deep into it. So how I'll use it for fat burning is like one or two I use before fasted cardio, kind of pull down, um, you know, pull down that blood sugar to to a place where we can really be. Mobilizing and biasing fat uh, to be used as the main source is that kind of how you're so, so. In further, I know I, I'm not talking to you, we're talking to the listeners. So what this will do, it pulls. Yeah, out no, your blood I know glu- how to break it down. It, it pulls out your blood glucose, and so the first part of your cardio when you get started, your body's trying to kind of your. Your your goal is to get into the fat, right? So we need to pull down the blood glucose to a place where your body's going to mobilize the fat. I think, I, fat. think that,
1: I think that we've discussed. I think we've discussed this in private. We have discussed it you. in private, and I've showed you my pre I've showed you my pre-cardio protocols, right? Where I have no, to I've a never body seen partner. that. Oh, okay, well, I'll explain this, and this is going to tie into something we've already discussed. Okay. remember I explained how I had James bringing his blood glucose back into range yeah. before eating the meal. Yeah. Well, that's also the fact that the longer. The the more time throughout the day That your blood glucose is low Mm -hmm. Your body is going to look for an alternate fuel source Yeah So even though it's not going to be a significant amount Throughout the day You know If you're getting an extra couple hours Where your blood glucose is under 95 Under 90 You're going to burn Fucking like 0.05% more body fat But Or just a bullshit number But Yeah So it's not going to be anything significant But it does add up But over time it adds up Yeah over time, it adds so up. So this yeah. is why so only taking why people-
0: insulin pre and post training is not the best route to take insulin for
1: recomp or fat loss phase either, but go ahead with yeah, your Yeah, if pot. you want to resensitize, you're going to take it all day. Exactly, yeah. So that's why you'll notice across the board, your clients with a better A1C with a lower A1C are yeah. always leaner. Always. Because their body is, their bodies are spending more time with low blood glucose. Yeah. The more time you spend with your blood glucose lower, the leaner you get. Yep. That's why when we diet, if you check somebody's A1C, it's in the basement. Yeah. Because they've spent so much time with low blood glucose, their body's tapping into fat. Yep. You know? And we know from experience and from research and science that we're not getting lean from the cardio that we do and mm. the, the training that we do in the gym. We're getting it from the meat. Yep. We're getting it from the total calorie expenditure throughout the day and the calories below what our basal metabolic rate is. Mm. So that's why when people stop getting active because they're tired, they're exhausted, so they stop, they stop moving throughout the day, that's in fat loss falls. Yeah. You know, so the more time your blood glucose is low, the leaner you're going to get because your body is looking for an alternate fuel source. Yeah. You know, and it's going to get it from somewhere, be it if it dumps glucose from the liver or it converts protein through gluconeogenesis, but it's going to burn up calories somehow. The fuel itself but for most bodybuilders so the, the,
0: the gluconeogenesis isn't a huge variable just because we are enhanced and we're probably using a decent amount of enhancements but it, it can still happen even if you're enhanced that can definitely
1: still happen no um, gluconeogenesis happens to a higher degree than people realize mm-hmm. i've had I've, I've actually been on a diet where my protein was 450 grams yeah and my carbohydrates were maybe 150 which yeah. is insanely low for me yeah yeah but i was I was full. My body was turning all of that protein into carbohydrates amino acids. Yeah. That's crazy. My body got real. My body cranked the gluconeogenesis because my carbs were low Yeah. and I was getting drier and fuller by doing that. So it happens to a higher degree than people realize. And the first coach to actually recognize that was Matt Porter, rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I know he had a huge, he had a huge influence, uh, me but as he, well. he was the
1: first one to notice that gluconeogenesis happens to a significant extent
0: mm-hmm. in
1: bodybuilders, especially when we're dieting. That's fascinating. So back to the pre-workout, back to the pre-cardio thing. This is very dangerous. I hate discussing this on radio. Yeah. So please be very careful with this. Um, I don't suggest doing this without supervision, but I have my clients wake up. And they will check their blood glucose. Now, this is typically only my national competitors and my pros. I don't try. I don't trust my regional guys to do this. Yeah. And not only that, if you have to do something like this to win a regional show, you're not that. C- yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's facts. So I don't. I don't. I don't pull out fucking rocket launchers for regional guys. Yeah. You know, if you can't win a show with a fucking handgun.
0: Yeah.
1: We got a problem. Yeah, absolutely. But for my higher level guys, where a lot is riding on it, I do pull out some of the tricks. So I will tell them check their blood glucose and again like I discussed with James where I want is because we're going to lower our blood glucose while we're doing cardio you got to remember that I don't want you dropping to 78 before cardio even starts you're yep. going to crash yep. so if you, my, my thing is if you wake up under 90 we leave it alone
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you're waking up and now remember GH causes insulin resistance mm-hmm. so sometimes in prep you can wake up high you can wake up 105 you can wake up 98 because of GH mm-hmm. that's a whole other topic but um, based on where your blood glucose is at when you get up, now I make sure that they avoid the dawn phenomenon, which you're familiar with, correct? Yep. That's the that's where you just so bottom you, out. Yeah. So you wake up, you drink your 16 ounces of water, you take a piss, you wait five minutes, Here's, then you check your blood glucose. Yeah. Yeah. Because you might check it. It might be 102. You might drink the water, go piss, come back, and it's 85. Yep. Yep. So. We need an accurate reading. So you get up, you drink your water, you go take your piss, wait five minutes, prep your subs, whatever you need to do, then check your blood glucose. And if you are, say, 95, you take two IU. Yep. You know, if you're over a 100, you take three. Yeah. You'll rarely be barely over a 100, very Mm -hmm. rarely. So if you're below 90, you don't touch it. But again, I have them go to the gym, and they always train a body part first. So they either do abs or calves. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it brings the blood glucose down lower. Yep. But what that also allows to happen is the insulin to get out of the system. Yep. So that the insulin is not affecting them while they're on the cardio. Mm-hmm. I want that insulin clear by the time you're on cardio. I want it putting your blood glucose into range, and then get the fuck out. And then we can burn fat. And, and then, then we can and then burn we can body, body fat. Spend the whole
0: time doing cardio, burning body. We've always heard.
1: We've always heard this preached in personal training. A lot of us are personal trainers to begin with. Um, and in fitness and in class, it takes 15 minutes to tap into your fat stores. right? Yeah. First 15 minutes, you're not burning fat. Why? Because your blood glucose blood is coming glucose. down. Yeah. But if you start with your blood glucose down, you're tapping into fat immediately. Now, granted, it does take some time for that to shift. That's also why I have you training a body part. So by the time you get on cardio, you're not wasting 15 minutes times five yep. seconds a week yep. times 16 weeks. And that's very real.
0: Some people might not like, uh, you know, hearing you say that, but that's, that's very real. The first time you're on cardio, if you, if it, the first uh, duration you're on cardio, if your blood glucose isn't low enough, you're not burning body fat and burning calories as a whole is a lot different. You're than burning, burning body the most
1: fat. readily available. Fuel exactly.
0: Source first. Exactly. So until your carbohydrates get low, um, this is why I like using DMP and that's another conversation you and I need to have, but, <laughs> but, but until your into your blood glucose is low enough you're not going to burn body fat but phil we're at an hour and eight minutes where can people find you we're going to do another podcast where can they find you you have an app coming out super soon or sometime soon um what's your instagram handle
1: my instagram is phil underscore viz you can contact me there shoot me dms i pretty much answer everybody yeah. um and yeah i have my app and my site synced up uh ready to launch uh i believe it's april 1st and i can't wait april fool's day be funny i can't wait uh, yeah it's gonna be good i'm superstitious, so i might do it on the second just to avoid April Fool. <laughs> i feel that i feel that
0: phil i appreciate you but, coming uh, on man we're gonna get you on again here really soon i'm super pumped for that so all right brother all right man i appreciate you um grow or die this was a really good episode i think you guys uh are, are really going to benefit from this one as always uh let me know what you think and i'll see you next time